Welcome to episode seven of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Matthew Mueller. Wow. Have you met me before? I know. I sounded like I had never met you before. <laughs> what up, everybody? Maybe it's just more to make sure you're still with me as it's we continue this journey. It's the red shirt. It's episode seven. Things Throwing start you. to get tense around now. Fair enough. Just make sure you're still on board the journey. <laughs> That's a great introduction, buddy. Now... Brandon Davis, who's usually here with us, is out this week. He's on a super secret mission of seeing a super secret certain Marvel movie that is coming down the pike fast, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So, filling in for him, we have one of the other comic book originals, Mr. Jamie Lovett. Hey, guys. I like that you're all super secret, but we will talk about it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just a uh, super... You got to sell, sell in some sizzle. Just sell in some sizzle. It's good. So, episode seven, and we're still on the journey. We want to thank you guys for riding with us and all your uh, downloads and listens and responses that we've gotten. It's been much appreciated. It keeps us going as they trudge us into this freezing cold studio to do this every time. And uh, if you're not, if you're just joining us, Let's go over the ways you can listen. You can always find us on the site. We put up a post for every new episode. You can listen there. And through that same post, you can always subscribe to our RSS feed. And we are on the Spotify, the Stitcher, and the uh, Apple Music or iTunes. I forget. I just like blank. And Amazon Music, too. For We're those. not on Amazon Music. <laughs> we it. never will be. We want things. I listen to Amazon are, Music. It's a real thing. We are on the things that people will listen to. You are and you can subscribe. ride or die for Amazon Music. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Bezos is not paying you. Don't don't chill for him. Call me Amazon. Okay, so we're on we're on the places that everybody actually listens to. Okay. That's where you can find us. That's where you can subscribe. And you can always continue any discussion we're having with us online at the hashtag comic book nation. Let's begin. So today, the first thing we're gonna talk about is the fact that the Marvel Netflix universe is officially dead. R.I.P. I didn't bring anything to drink today, and I'm sure the uh, our video team would kill me if I poured out a little onto their stage. But uh, I do want to. Yeah, they would come in here and murder <laughs> me. So I'm not going to pour out any onto our uh, our recording stage here. But man, it's the end of an era. The uh, Marvel Netflix universe is officially over. We got the official reports that Punisher's canceled after season two, and Jessica Jones is canceled after season three. And, um, I mean, this is not surprising, so we're not going to spend too much time on this because we all saw this coming. And we just put up an article, a pretty popular article yesterday, that basically broke down why this happened. And surprise, surprise, the answer is, you know, cream. Cash rules everything around me. Money. It's just money. Um, basically, yeah, Netflix was going to get hit with some licensing fees they didn't want to pay. They couldn't work it out. Disney probably wanted back their content anyway because they're launching their own Disney Plus streaming service. And so, I mean, this was just the middle. The Marvel Netflix shows were basically like the middle child yeah. of this whole franchise. And they're like, you're going to go live with mommy now. Like, you know, say goodbye to daddy. What, a, what an like, analogy. What a way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it's just uh, what it is, though, right? Like, do you guys like, feel bad, though, for... I, I mean, I feel bad for the casts of these shows because, I mean, if you've ever seen social media, they have been, they're, they're hardworking cast yeah. of every show, and they're made up of some good people, even the supporting characters. Like, one of my favorites is uh, Amy Rutenberg from Daredevil, who's, like, great on social media, yeah. hilarious, and just, like, you know, very personable, and, like, these, these casts and these teams have been 
I mean, they have been pounding the pavement of New York City and recording these shows and promoting them and interacting with the fan base. And, and like, they really did change the game, all these shows did. I just feel bad for Jessica Jones because it didn't, it, like, all the other ones got their season and then they were like, oh, the axe is coming. Like, they all know, but it didn't surprise anybody on Jessica Jones. I just feel bad because they didn't even get to come out. Yeah, I mean, season. that's like, they got the axe before. Hey, watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to be anymore. No. But uh, you should be invested still anyway. Yeah, so, a bunch like, of people yeah. worked hard on it. Right. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for all of them. I mean, I probably feel the least bad for the makers of Iron Fist because they only did a half-assed job anyway to begin with. But let's not drag the dead. I mean, it's like, stop. They're already dead, you know? But I, um, I we feel talked- the worst for Luke Cage because of the way that show ended. It's such a terrible message for that show to end with him being a crime boss. Yeah, I mean, that was also, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, more than anything, like those two shows ended with such big cliffhangers. Like, yeah. And exciting season threes that could really have come out of that. Luke Cage was a crime boss, and we were going to deal with that. You know, Danny Rance firing Chi Bullet, and, you know, we were going to get into what's his name? Uh, the original, <laughs> his predecessor, Iron Fist. What's his name? Uh, was it Orson Randall? Orson Randall, yeah. We were going to get to that whole storyline, which was going to be exciting. And, like, yeah, so it's kind of a weird place. But, like I said, we're not going to get too deep on this because we talked uh, a couple, either last episode or a couple episodes ago about, you know, what could happen. Could they move to another streaming service or what and what we wanted to see happen. So if you want to learn more about that, go back and check out that discussion. But uh, we're just going to say RIP. And I think we should all end with just, like, a fond memory of – everybody share a fond memory. Let's see. Um, My fond memory will be the first hallway fight in Daredevil was – I mean, just seeing that sequence unfold, it became kind of a played out (laughs) trope in Marvel Netflix. But the first time I saw it, I was like, man, this is awesome. This action is, you know, it's gritty, it's hard hitting, well choreographed and different than anything I'd ever seen from Marvel. And that was my fond memory. Jamie, you want to go? I'm really fond of actually in Defenders. uh, There was a complaint about Defenders being a little slow, but. In that middle episode where they finally team up, specifically when Luke and Iron Fist are first on screen together and Luke covers Iron Fist and that that uh, that soundtrack kicks in in that office fight, that gave me chills. That is one of my favorite moments from that whole Netflix era. Yeah, that's that was great. Right there. Uh, I think mine came from actually the middle of Luke Cage's first season uh, when... And I'm blanking. I'm blanking on his name right now. Essentially, the twist. And if you haven't seen that season, I mean, you should go watch that season up until like a certain point. But essentially, the bad guy changes, and a certain character dies. Just in case no one's seen it, a certain character dies, and you're like, you thought he was the main villain of the entire season, and then they flip it. That surprised the snot out of me. So I actually thought like that. I left. I remember watching that episode and just left a little floored. I was like, okay, well, that throws all my expectations out of the window. Uh, and even though the rest of the season kind of didn't necessarily utilize that to its fullest extent, I still loved how it actually threw me, uh, and I wasn't expecting it. So anyway, you should go watch it. All right. Well, that'll do it for this. And uh, RIP Marvel Netflix, if you guys want to take a look back, make sure that you get back in and see that before it disappears forever. Moving right along, we're going to jump to something in comic books this week. Uh, You know, it is about that time in the week when comic books are coming out. And two of our best comic book reviewers I have with me today, Jamie and Matt, these guys break down, you know, do a weekly comic review with some of our other excellent staff writers. And there's a big topic in comics this week that we actually got to get into. It's about Marvel. It's a big deal. And, 
could even have something to do with you know the film franchise depending on how these things link up and sync up and that is the return of wolverine if you're not up on what's happened in x-men books lately uh like there was a big super powered uh showdown with uh the combined uh nate gray and legion who at the end of this threw out some kind of another, I mean, it gets rough for mutants every couple of years, <laughs> like obliterated yeah, in Marvel comics. Um, but he sent out some kind of psychic wave that killed like all of the X-Men members across the world. And in this kind of vacuum has stepped Cyclops and Wolverine, two characters who have been dead for a long time and are now back. And Wolverine's return, and I don't, I mean, I dip lightly into comics, but I made the mistake one day of taking on a Wolverine, like, return article. Oh, I'm sorry. And it took me, like, <laughs> I mean, it took me about a good 15 minutes of prep just trying to read through everything and being, like, I was like Mr. Burns in that episode of The Simpsons where he's like, catch up, catch up. I was like, future Logan, Phoenix Logan, resurrected I'm so Logan. sorry like, for the trauma. That yeah, it, it's nuts. So... I mean, I'm sorry for you because I'm going to just be asking crazy questions in this segment. You guys are going to have to explain to the people, how is Wolverine back and like, what's the explanation behind all this? Because I think this week we got a better answer to that. They basically mm. spent an entire comic book spelling out exactly what happened because they had to fix the fact that nobody understood what happened. <laughs> uh, Wolverine, after being dead, popped up, I think it was maybe last May. Um, in Marvel Legacy number one, and they've been slow rolling his return ever since then, except at some point it stopped lining up. He was appearing in uh, <laughs> half of their books doing one thing and then another yep. entirely different set of books doing entirely different things. And the two things just did not make sense together. So in this, are we are we just going to spoil the Infinity Oh, watch yeah, thing? go do it, yeah. Because so, honestly, you shouldn't read this book. You should just yeah. listen to this podcast and get your notes because this book sucks. Anyway, uh, continue. Yeah, so in Wolverine Infinity Watch, they finally clarify that there have actually been two Wolverines running around, that Loki went and pulled one out of like some alternate future that has the Phoenix Force to, and is stuck in some sort of weird Loki time loop or something. And then the other one was just, conveniently, there's a mutant whose power is to resurrect people, and that's what she did. That's that entire mystery. It is so, so previous to this, he was, he was showing up in post-credit scenes and books. He was showing up secretly at the big X-Men wedding, uh, but also he was being used as an assassin against his will and all this stuff. And you couldn't reconcile <laughs> those things. Well, that's because they didn't happen to the same person. They were two entirely different people. And then the Phoenix one literally just like walks off stage. Yes, that's the best. Now that we've tied this up, I'm going to leave. Goodbye. And walks away. Hands him a bat and says, here's, here's the thing. And then walks away. A bat? On all of that stuff. No, literally like a baseball bat. Time bat. It's a time. He says it's a time bat. He does not explain what that means. Uh, So in my mind, that means cosmic treadmill and it's terrible. Time stone. Maybe it has a time stone in it because Wolverine's somehow involved with the Infinity Stones now. Uh, previously, it was the Phoenix Wolverine involved with that angle. Now that Phoenix Wolverine is gone, regular Wolverine is somehow involved. Uh, it it really reeks of like they had one idea for how to bring Wolverine back and then decided they could make more money if they turned it into a whole event thing. Uh, and rather than just like adjusting, they're just like, we'll do both and fix it later. And uh, it's well, so, I don't know if that's what uh, happens, basically, but it feels like somebody did not have a very clear idea. I feel like somebody just came to Marvel and was like, look, X-Men are coming back. They're coming back. Disney got them. 
We need Wolverine everywhere right now. We need like five different possible Wolverine toys. To he was come in out four the books this week. Yeah, I know. Three years. You want Phoenix Wolverine. You want Infinity Wolverine. You want just plain old, good old fashioned Wolverine classic. Like, yeah, this is, I mean, okay. So, I mean, I feel like explaining Wolverine is now becoming like when we've had to try to explain cable to people. Mm hmm. And it was already confusing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he wasn't simple. Before, yeah. <laughs> now it's – and here's the thing. I actually didn't hate when they uh, – I mean, you knew it was coming. And you knew he was going to come back. Wolverine, mm -hmm. I mean, he's not going to be gone forever. But I did at the time – and I'm still bitter about this – that Laura got the shaft when it came it's to that. She was doing great. She was doing great as the all-new Wolverine. Wolverine, yes. yes. So then she gets the shaft for this mess, right? Because mm -hmm. this has been – Return of Wolverine was not great which was a series that, like he talked about, is all about this lady who can bring him back, you know, bring people back from the dead, and he ends up doing missions for her, and he's questioning all these things. Anyway, that whole long thing also ended this week, and that ended with a thud. Hmm. And then you have this book, and it's at least the Phoenix Wolverine concept was interesting. At least it was kind of like, okay, well, let's see what they do with that. That's so weird. And it's a lot like they did with Marvel Legacy when they gave Wolverine, now that we know it's two Wolverines, but they gave Wolverine an Infinity Stone. And you're like, well, that's interesting. We've never seen that character kind of get those. They've done nothing with any of them. Mm -hmm. And now they've all intersected. They're done. And thank the Lord, because that thing needs to go. <laughs> so just to wrap this up, because I'm, I'm still like, in a daze about this. So which Wolverine are we are we sticking with now? Is this Hot Claws Wolverine? Yes, Hot Claws, hot but claws. not not Phoenix Claws. Okay. Wolverine. So do we know why the Hot Claws have they explained why the Hot Claws are a thing? Sort of. Uh, apparently they get hot when he lets his like berserker side out now. They haven't really explained why that suddenly happens cuz he's gone berserker before. New action. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And in um, this last issue, right in Return of Wolverine, they also uh, he keeps his Berserker part closed in the cell. Yeah, when so he gets all his other memories back. When he gets all his other memories back, and he unlocks all these other aspects of his personality, the Berserker one's still in a cell, which means technically he shouldn't be able to use Hot Claws. And he hasn't anywhere else. Yeah. He's in like one issue of Return of Wolverine. But you see him because you see the glint of orange. So kids, if you're looking for new Wolverine <laughs> toys, you have your options coming up of Phoenix Wolverine, Infinity Bat Wolverine, Hot Claws Wolverine. You know what? And, I'll kind of And I'm sure it. they're going to release a, like a special edition old man Logan figure to go with it. So Look, we have the, uh, no shortage of Wolverine. The takeaway is just don't worry about all that Wolverine like solo stuff. Just go pick up the current uncanny x-men run where he's back teaming up with cyclops that's good yeah that stuff i mean them meeting at like the kind of at the school and mm -hmm. stuff that was really good and i got i actually got excited for that to see because yeah. i was reading through because uh, i didn't know about i didn't read about uh uh what is it called the storyline with Le uh, legion and nate gray yeah uh, disassembled yeah disassembled because if you're a 90s kid that was Hella interesting because that was like every major 90s storyline. Mm -hmm. They were like, let's wrap this up. You if know? you're in Age of Apocalypse. That was like, yeah, man, Age yeah. of Apocalypse. That was the beginning and end of Age of Apocalypse. And like, and so I was kind of going through that. And then I saw the ending with Cyclops and Wolverine, which, you know, I'll admit, it got me, it got me in the heartstrings. I was like, man, that's like those two just coming together and now have to rebuild the X-Men is the greatest like odd pair story. And you think they could make it that simple because the the richness is all built into that. But now we need like well, and that's what I, all I feel these crazy like interdimensional 50 different versions of people. I stuff. feel like that's what Uncanny is doing. It's, it's trying to boil it down to yeah. its most simple aspects. It's a little rough getting there, but I feel like it's finally... Can we just recognize, though, that while most of the, my impressions of this book is negative, 
Uh, it does give us an amazing line that is alcoholism chariot. And, and Loki, re- that, that's how Loki <laughs> describes the beer truck that Wolverine hit him with in Legacy, and that is a great line. Anyway, that I was just trying to find a positive in a world of murk there. So there you go. <laughs> okay, well, Wolverine's back. It it's kind of crazy how he got here, but we do have Wolverine back, and his claws are hotter than ever. Hot claws. All right. Stay tuned because we're going to discuss the very first reactions to Captain Marvel, which have just hit. And we're also going to get into a lot of Star Trek stuff. Yeah, buddy. All right. So since we have Jamie Lovett here, as we bring on people, you guys, I mean, we've said and we've teased that we're going to have a lot more of the comic book staff joining us up here. And we have a lot of people who are kind of specialists in, you know, key areas. I mean, everybody's kind of a specialist in everything around here, not to toot our own horn, but... Uh, with people who are really good and can get really deep on specific stuff. And Jamie does a fantastic job just nailing down Star Trek for us and kind of keeping coverage. I mean, he's been in for Discovery since it started, and he just kind of keeps an eye on the franchise. And he recently did something pretty cool for a Star Trek fan, and uh, we'll let you get into all of that. So this is basically, since we haven't talked about it yet on the show, and uh, we're going to go through various you know, different kinds of uh, topics and areas of uh, the geekdom, as, you, as it were. Um, this is our Star Trek talk, and so da- Jamie's basically here to deliver a state of the franchise address, and it's going to be huge, and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> We've already built a lot of Star Trek, but we're going to get a lot more. So, Jamie, take us through. That's quite the (laughs) intro. But, yeah, Star Trek is basically in this really big uh, state of expansion. Uh, It had been off of television for more than a decade. Um, And then 2017, Discovery starts. It's in its second season now. Uh, After the first season, they signed Alex Kurtzman, who co-created Discovery, to expand the TV franchise and make it an actual, like, multi- property franchise again and he is taking it in really interesting directions that star trek really hasn't gone before so far we know of two other tv shows that we're definitely going to get unless something goes horribly wrong uh we're gonna get picard which uh starts shooting in april with patrick stewart coming back Woo! Uh, they haven't like it's a rick flair that's a that's that a woo. Is, yes they surprise announced that at the star trek las vegas convention last year and uh people lost their minds um but yeah, they haven't they haven't officially dated that. They floated kind of late 2019. Uh, that one is especially exciting because where the most recent movies have been a reboot and where Discovery is a prequel, uh, Picard will take place after everything else that's happened in the Star Trek timeline. So it'll be the first time we're seeing past Star Trek Nemesis and dealing with uh, the destruction of Romulus, which happened in that first J.J. Abrams uh, movie. Uh, So that's exciting there. And then they also announced uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which is an adult animated comedy from one of the lead writers of Rick and Morty, who also used to run a Star Trek The Next Generation Season 8 Twitter account where he just came up with humorous potential eighth season episodes of uh, Next Generation. So that guy's a Star Trek super fan, and he's doing a comedy about the way he describes it like the Starfleet members who have to put the yellow putty in the replicators so that bananas come out yellow. Like he's doing that kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing, which yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. really cool. Yeah. It's definitely like something they've not, not done before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there are two other shows that are in development that have not been greenlit yet. One is a spinoff of discovery that would star Michelle Yeoh as 
uh, Philippa Giorgio, the former Terran Emperor who's now working for Section 31. Section 31, a very uh, interesting organization because they basically do all the stuff Starfleet doesn't want to sully its hands with. Uh, Kurtzman has shown a lot of interest in that group because they're so unique in the Star Trek universe. Uh, that one is they're working, developing it right now, has not been picked up yet. He has stated that ideally it will uh, premiere after Discovery's third season, which Discovery hasn't technically been picked up for season three yet, but everyone would be very surprised if it didn't get picked up. And then they just announced that they are developing with Nickelodeon a, another Star Trek cartoon. Wow. This one aimed at younger audiences will be, like I said, Nickelodeon, not CBS All Access. Uh, and will be aimed at a younger audience. So there's not really a lot of details, but I'm kind of thinking and hoping that this is like a Star Trek version of like Star Trek Rebels or the Clone or Star Wars Rebels or the Clone Wars. Gotcha. Uh, something that they can uh, turn into, you know, turn into toys and stuff and get uh, younger people interested in the franchise again. Because uh, I think right now it's fair to say that it's pretty much all. M very adult audience that's interested in Star Trek because it's a relatively older franchise and, you know, kids don't have money to buy streaming services. <laughs> uh, so the idea that it's brilliant for them to put it on a network, even though they're trying to support CBS All Access, because that brings all these new eyes onto the franchise. So they weren't really clear about how young it's skewing. But like I said, I hope it's going for that that same like Rebels audience where Definitely it's aimed at kids, but adults are still going to really enjoy seeing this animated adventure in that universe. You hear that, Star Wars? The fight is not over yet. <laughs> you thought Star Trek was gone and it's just been hiding out and cloaked, but now it's decloaked with a bunch of warships and it's coming for those demographics. I like to hear it. I mean, I'm, I mean, we don't get into this very often. I mean, we haven't said it up here yet. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I grew up on Next Generation. Yeah. It was around my dinner table every night. I was a big uh, Deep Space Nine fan. I got a lot of, got, I got a lot of, a little bit spottier after that when I was in college trying to keep up with uh, like, um, whatchamacallit, Voyager mm -hmm. and then Enterprise. Or yeah, that was Enterprise mm -hmm. came after yep. Voyager with Scott Baio. Mm -hmm. Uh, not Scott. Not Scott Bayo. Uh, Scott Bakula. Oh my God. Scott Bakula. Whoa. That's a <laughs> but big I really want to see a Star Trek series with Scott No, you Bakula. don't. Scott Bakula. <laughs> Scott Bakula. Charles and Charles in space? Wow. No. What a big difference in that. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I kind of got a little spotty around there, but I was always in for all the movies and I really loved I remember I had just started this career when. Um, the reboot came out and that beginning with uh, Chris Hemsworth and all that stuff. And that was I awesome. generally love the reboot. Still one of my favorite trailers of the late two thousands mm -hmm. too. Like the Chris Pine, like and you know, him in the bar fight, like, why are you talking to me, man? Was like one of my favorite lines from <laughs> Where do you stand on the movies? Like do you do you appreciate the more current movies? Do you are you glad that we're starting wait, to get wait, more class? Stop. Nobody appreciates into darkness. Okay, well, that's <laughs> Nor true. Nor should you. The movies outside of Beyond <laughs> the first Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I mean, in, Into Darkness is certainly divisive. Uh, I remember when I saw the first reboot Star Trek in theaters, I thought, well, this is certainly lacking some of the depth of older Star Trek, but as a kind of sci-fi movie, it's pretty fun. It's got great action pieces. Uh, when you when I rewatched it again outside of the theater setting, it doesn't hold up quite as well because there's the connective tissue between those set pieces isn't uh, great. And, and, you know, reading some of the behind the scenes stuff, you get 
the impression that a lot of that is stuff that was in the script that ended up getting taken out to make room for those big set pieces. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, the first one's not bad. Uh, it could be better. Not bad. I actually really like beyond. Um, I thought that was the one that most had that kind of yeah, had the most. original series it kind was of going back to yeah, yeah almost Star pump, Trek pulpy was. adventure story yeah. thing to it. Um, you know, I, I feel like I like where they start the characters. I like where they end the characters and beyond. Uh, I feel like they could have drawn the line for how they got from point A to point B in their characters arc a little bit better in that middle part, but the middle part's so much fun. Uh, I love that character, the new character, Jayla, um, Sophia Batella, right? Who was in the mummy after that? Yeah. Uh, played her. She's a great design. She's a great character. I hope if they end up doing that fourth movie, they bring her, bring her back. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it, it's different, but different doesn't necessarily mean bad. And you know, you don't, you don't keep a franchise uh, fun and lively for 50 plus years by just doing the same thing over yeah. and over again and not trying new stuff and allowing it to evolve. We got to wrap it up, but maybe to wrap this up, I think there would be a parent company who would be appreciative of just telling people a little bit about uh, what's going on in Discovery and maybe why they should tune in. <laughs> yeah, uh, Discovery is in its second season. Uh, uh, the sixth episode of that season airs this week. Uh, the big deal is they've uh, hired Ethan Peck to play Spock, uh, a Spock that's younger than uh, the Spock that Leonard Nimoy played in the original series because it's a prequel. Uh, he hasn't showed up just yet. They're the It's a kind of search for Spock arc they're on right now. Um, and there's this mystery about this uh, red angel entity that just keeps popping up all over the place. So it's it's very cool. It's um, uh, Discovery. The first season was pretty dark because it was a war story. Uh, and so that was interesting. But now that they're out of the war story, this season has had a much more, uh, like I said about Beyond, that adventure feeling. Uh, a lot of the episodes are kind of Discovery spin on uh, classic uh, Star Trek tropes like the theme planet and and things like that. So it's been really fun. It's a lot lighter season. Uh, there's a lot more humor. And uh, they brought in Anson Mount from Inhumans as Captain Pike. And he is, uh, he's done great. He's a great presence on that show. Uh, turns out when you let him speak, <laughs> that's really fun. Let's just end right there with a jab uh, at Inhumans. Remember that show? Man, what a failure. All right. <laughs> Moving right along to what sounds like it's actually not going to be another Marvel failure, but rather another Marvel success. We have first reactions from Captain Marvel to talk about. So, as we teased in the beginning, uh, Brenda Davis went on a super secret mission to this exact place we're going to tell you about, which is a screening of Captain Marvel. <laughs> He's doing the junket. They said they wanted uh, more diversity in their junket, so we sent Brandon. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> As he's out there and doing that whole thing, it seems that, I mean, there was a lot of skepticism about Captain Marvel. If you've been listening to these episodes, I mean, you've heard the amount of shade thrown at it. Poor Matt's been up here. He's been defending Captain Marvel this whole time, saying it's going to be awesome. He was the, uh, it's going to be awesome. Brandon was the, I don't think this looks awesome at all. And I was kind of in the middle. To be yeah. honest, I was kind of like, I believe I've been writing Captain Marvel movie theories for a while now based on all the trailers and stuff. And my whole take was there is an awesome story about female self-discovery and empowerment in here and kind of metaphors for things like, you know, abuse and gaslighting and all that stuff that was going to be taking place with this story about how this powerful woman is manipulated into being something she's not and has to kind of discover her own 
you know, way and embrace her own power. And I thought the hints were there, but because there's going to be all these secrets and surprises, because it's a Marvel movie, we weren't getting any of that in the marketing. That was my take. And from what we're hearing, not again, oh my God, it sounds terrible. People are going to be coming at me, but not to toot my own horn, but it sounds like that's the case, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, those are pretty much verbatim what all of these first reactions are kind of saying. And we have the full breakdown in a, in a post on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's saying people are saying like, wow, you know, they, it wasn't what they expected, but in a good way, it's mm-hmm. very unique, very quirky, very nineties. And I don't know how to quite take that yet because I lived through it and I'm not sure as a, as an, <laughs> you don't as have a the retro uh, idea. Yeah. Okay. But gotcha. like, I don't know how to frame like a ret when people just start throwing, like if you start throwing around like eighties, like, yeah, I'm far enough removed that I yeah. know what that nostalgia looks like and means. I don't know what nineties means quite really? yet. No, I don't, I don't okay. know. Okay. I have that, but I, maybe that's just cause you know, no, no, no. Someone throws out a Monica song, like a '90s R&B song, and I'm oh no, I'm don't there. the music, the rhythm is Mu- still there. To me, the music I mean, is I'll like so iconic with for the that. best of them, yeah. you know, and Cabbage Patch with the best of them. But like, oh my god, can we get no? We can't. We're on a we're on a schedule. We're gonna keep moving. But um, no, it sounds like Captain Marvel's <laughs> Captain Marvel's actually really good. It's really entertaining. And the thing we were most worried about was Brie Larson because the marketing, it, it's showing Carol a lot of the time at this point where she's actually playing like a brainwashed mm-hmm. person. And it's kind of robotic and distant, but we were all just worried, would she have the kind of spunky personality that Carol Danvers, especially in these modern kind of reboots of the character, has in the comics? Because she is one of the strongest personalities in Marvel Comics these days, I would say, in terms of just kind of being no-nonsense badass, especially when she's, like, leading S.H.I.E.L.D. and her relationships with well, she's And she's self-deprecating. Characters. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's that's, that's one it. of the she biggest She has parts. actual yeah. personality. She has a personality, yeah. yes. Whether you like or it or not. Personality. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Really? But, yeah, I, <laughs> I just saw that SNL skit with a guy who sees things differently. Like, oh, God, yeah. that guy. Yes, that was a good skit. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, it, it, but apparently you derailed hearing, your own theory. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But apparently what we're hearing is it comes through, um, Brie Larson's awesome, the scrolls are awesome, and there's already people, I mean, we've been writing ever since we heard they were going to be in this movie about Secret Invasion, yep. and having that be the next big kind of storyline in the MCU, and apparently the scrolls really do earn their spot, uh, and really impress people, and especially Ben Mendelsohn, who's always awesome in everything. Yeah, I don't know, I, okay, so, and that's a great setup. Okay. Because I feel like... Uh, one, I know, I, because I, I agree with you. I put it in the show notes, right? Oh, spoiler alert. It's as good as we've been saying, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's good. Like, I don't know why everyone was on the doubt train to begin with, but whatever. So uh, one of the things, though, is that these are very good actors. It's like, this is a studio that has, you know, like, I see the tweets, right, of, well, this is going to be the first disappointment and it's going to be all these things. And then you get all these people that come out of these reactions. Tell them why you're mad, son. And because the, all the things they highlight are things we talked about. Brie Larson is good in this role because they can't show this entire metamorphosis of a character in a trailer, right? Then they're hiding things. And as also from other things we're hearing, right? We know why they're hiding things. Like there's a lot of things to hide. So it's like, okay, I, I understand that. The cat steals the show. But I knew I was waiting for it. The if you cat say steals the cat, the goose. If you don't know, let's just put this out here. Matt Mueller, big cat lover. I mean, I do love cats in general. My cat Cassie is amazing, but also I love alien cats, right? And that's yep. one of the things they've been hiding, right? So like, yeah, selling so much merch. I mean, but you know that, so they show a glimpse of the cat, and they can't show all the things. So people have been saying, oh, well, that's a cat, but that's that's fine. It's a throwaway thing, right? And then Ben Mendelsohn. 
is a scroll. He's a scroll commander, but he's also infiltrated shield. And we've gotten pieces of that in the trailers. I even said on the show a couple episodes ago, I can't remember which one, that like I wanted to see more of that, but I also sort of in the back of my brain understood why they, they're trying to play their cards close to the vest. But we've heard those three things are fantastic in the movie. And we've heard like people have their own little qualms with this or that. But overall, those three tenants are really great. And if you go back and listen, pretty sure that's what I said. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what we said. Uh, I am excited, I think, also because it's a prequel. Uh, you know, sometimes that can hamstring you. Um, yeah. Being, especially with such a – they've had how many movies to explore the present of the Marvel Universe. So it's, it's hard to find a spot. And I was actually kind of worried when they announced it was a prequel because I was like, that makes, it, that makes your job even more difficult to establish an origin amongst all these other things. From reactions we're hearing that that's pretty much fine. Like they managed to find that those spots in that rhythm. So I'm excited. I'm I mean, excited. if there's any silver lining, it's that Brandon is out there now and has seen it and, and is now maybe going to be a convert. So that should make you feel better. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So Jamie, uh, Jamie, what what do you think about it? Um, I don't like my my expectations were around like I don't I don't think Marvel has put out a really outstanding first movie for a hero since its first phase. Like I didn't love Ant-Man. Uh, Dr. Strange was fine, but it's one of those movies that kind of evaporated out of my brain as soon as it was over. Um, <laughs> I understand. So I, that's kind of where my expectations uh, have been for Captain Marvel. I didn't expect it to be any sort of weird disaster. You didn't like Cap? First Avenger? Uh, well, that was phase one. Yeah. He said phase one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I missed that. My bad. I think so. Yeah, sure. That movie's okay. good. Um, and, you know, like, I like Ant-Man and the Wasp, so it's just their their origin stories feel uh, more formulaic mm -hmm. and a little more rote than uh, what they do with those characters afterwards. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Captain Marvel does with the setting, because I had the other feeling about the setting that putting her in the 90s means she doesn't have to live in the shadow of everything that's happened in the MCU so far. That's a good point. Right? Yeah. She can, uh, they can give her space to be the hero rather than just a hero in this universe. Uh, I'm a little bit leery of the idea of uh, shield being infiltrated by scrolls just cause we've kind of done that already. And you start to wonder why, why they're still allowed to, to run things. Yeah. But you can't call yourself a shield. If everybody's just like running up, <laughs> infiltrating your squad. I did. That's there very a, good. I point. hope there's a scene where like, like, you know, Ben Mendelssohn's scroll is like in the bathroom, like communicating some secret plot, and he realizes like the next stall is a Hydra dude, also <laughs> like communicating. Oh my God, plot. if they don't do that, that is such a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, because there's just Jeez. everybody's just infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, yeah, I mean, though, I mean, I feel like in the books and right in the comics, I feel like S.H.I.E.L.D. has that reputation of like, seriously, why do we spend all this money? You're, yeah, you're wasting yeah, time. S.H.I.E.L.D. has to crumble every so many yeah, years so that they can rebuild it as something new, you know. It's got that that circular circular nature, but yeah, like I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope it's better than I have expected it to be. Uh, I don't know why people are worried about like like Brie, uh, award nominated. She 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 won. Yeah, she won. I, yeah, yeah, award I don't, yeah. winning uh, yeah. Brie Larson can't do yeah. Carol Danvers and using like unknown talent like you know Samuel L. Jackson to fill out the movie. It, it just seems ridiculous to me that people were. 
Yeah, yeah that's what people were worried. Brie Larson, Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn, like all of these top. I keep forgetting movies. Jude Law's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to worry about? You're like, not even like because we haven't been even allowed to say yeah, that it's him. But like, I've, I keep forgetting. Like, yeah, it's Jude Law. Like that. Yeah. Like yeah. So you want to worry about the script, the director, because those people have less. You yeah, know, they're yes. less of a known quantity. Yeah, they were okay. TV. That's fair, but like putting it on Brie Larson based on a couple of TV spot scenes just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean that was. We won't get in. We could go down that rabbit hole about. I mean, there's like 50 different examples just today about the kind of bias towards like female mm. industry figures. I mean, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Just try to be yeah. better. Let's try to be nicer. Um, but all right, so Marvel fans, it's sounding good. We don't have any major reveals to tell you. Uh, Brandon's still out in the field, but I'm sure he'll have his own impressions and things to say when he gets back. Um, yeah, so we'll just kind of pick it up there. So that'll do it for us today. We do have a special announcement, though. So we've been uh, riding along on this Comic Book Nation journey. Now we're headed towards our 10th episode, and we're looking to get some uh, more reviews from you guys to let us know how we're doing. So if you want to go on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify and do a review of the show, we have something special. We are going to pick the best review we find, and we will read it on air and the person who writes it will get... Can I get another sound effect? <laughs> a free comic book t-shirt. So I'm going to get sued by Nickelodeon you actually for the do clues in a, <laughs> Is it mail time? You actually get something for doing something. So uh, help us out. Leave a review. And we will take, again, the best review. Read it on air and send the writer a free comic book t-shirt. So, if you want to listen in, again, we will always post new episodes on the site where you can listen. We also have a link there to our RSS feed where you can subscribe. And you can subscribe through Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, the things that uh, people actually listen to. Wow. That's cold. That wasn't needed. <laughs> and be sure to uh, go in, give us a rating, and give us a review. That'll do it for us today here at the Comic Book Nation podcast. As always, you can continue the discussion of anything we talked about by going on Twitter at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You could also come and uh, come at me or just uh, talk with me. Wow, that was aggressive. <laughs> wow. You should see what's happening <laughs> out there sometimes. Yeah, activated. seriously, come at me. I mean, I got people coming at me right now. The battle never ends, man, and the war goes on. Who are these people? Uh, they're like scrolls. They, they may look normal on Twitter, but all of a sudden, <laughs> they're, they're up in your ats, and it gets That's ugly. That's a good but, analogy. Uh, you can come at me at Kofi Outlaw. Uh, you can hit me up at Matt Mueller CB. Uh, you can find me at Jamie Lovett. All right, everyone have a good day, and uh, that'll do it for us here at Comic Book Nation Podcast. See you next time. Deuces. Deuces.